Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories, a short message for grown-ups. I would like to invite you to subscribe to Sleep Tight Premium with extra bedtime stories, mindfulness activities, and sound and music for sleep. Sleep Tight Premium helps make your sleep tight routine easier, and the kids will love the shout-outs and birthday messages Visit sleeptightpremium.com to start your free trial. Thank you. Today's story is about a very jealous, angry queen who wishes to be the most beautiful woman in her land. Whenever another beautiful girl comes along, she sends them away. The princess of the Flowery Isles is a kind, well-educated girl who also happens to be very beautiful. And when she is presented to the queen of all the isles, she is very angry and sends the princess away. The Story of the Queen of the Flowery Isles There once lived a queen who ruled over the Flowery Isles, whose husband, to her extreme grief, had died a few years after their marriage. On being left a widow, she devoted herself almost entirely to the education of her two charming princesses her only children. The elder of them was so lovely that as she grew up, her mother greatly feared she would excite the jealousy of the queen of all the isles, who prided herself on being the most beautiful woman in the world and insisted on all rivals bowing before her charms. In order the better to gratify her vanity, she had urged the king, her husband, to make war on all the surrounding islands. And as his greatest wish was to please her, the only conditions he imposed on any newly conquered country was that each princess of every royal house should attend his court as soon as she was 15 years old and do homage to the terrific beauty of his queen. The queen of the Flowery Isles was aware of this law, was fully determined to present her daughter to the proud queen as soon as her 15th birthday was passed. The queen herself had heard a rumor of the young princess's great beauty and awaited her visit with some anxiety, which soon developed into jealousy. For when the interview took place, it was impossible not to be dazzled by such radiant charms, and she was obliged to admit that she had never beheld anyone so exquisitely lovely. Of course, she thought in her own mind, excepting myself, for nothing could have made her believe it possible that anyone could outshine her. 
but the unspoken admiration of the entire court soon undeceived her and made her so angry that she pretended to be sick and retired to her own rooms so as to avoid witnessing the princess's triumph. She also sent word to the Queen of the Flowery Isles that she was sorry not to be well enough to see her again, and advised her to return to her own states with the princess, her daughter. This message was entrusted to one of the great ladies of the court, who was an old friend of the Queen of the Flowery Isles, and who advised her not to wait to take a formal leave, but to go home as fast as she could. The Queen was not slow to take the hint and lost no time in obeying it. Being well aware of the magic powers of the angry, jealous Queen, she warned her daughter that she was in some great danger if she left the palace for any reason whatsoever during the next six months. The princess promised obedience and no pains were spared to make the time pass pleasantly for her. The six months were nearly at an end and on the very last day, a splendid celebration was to take place in a lovely meadow quite near the palace. The princess, who had been able to watch all the preparations from her window, begged her mother to let her go as far as the meadow. And the queen, thinking all risk must be over, agreed and promised to take her there herself. The whole court was delighted to see their much-loved princess finally free and everyone set off in high spirits to join in the celebration. The princess, overjoyed at being once more in the open air, was walking a little in advance of her party when suddenly the earth opened under her feet and closed again after swallowing her up. The queen fainted away and the younger princess burst into floods of tears and could hardly be dragged away from the very spot, while the court was overwhelmed at such a great disaster. Orders were given to dig into the earth to a great depth, but in vain. Not a trace of the vanished princess was to be found. She sank right through the earth and found herself in a desert place with nothing but rocks and trees and no signs of any human being. The only living creature she saw was a very pretty little dog who ran up to her and at once began to rub against her. She took him in her arms and after playing with him for a little, put him down again. When he started off in front of her, looking round from time to time as though begging her to follow. She let him lead her on 
and presently reached a little hill, from which she saw a valley full of lovely fruit trees bearing flowers and fruit together. The ground was also covered with fruit and flowers, and in the middle of the valley rose a fountain surrounded by a velvety lawn. The princess went quickly to this charming spot and sitting down on the grass began to think over the bad luck which had befallen her and burst into tears as she reflected on her sad condition. The fruit and clear fresh water would, she knew, stop her from being hungry or thirsty. But how could she escape if any wild beast appeared and tried to chase her? At length, having thought over every possible bad thing which could happen, the princess tried to distract her mind by playing with the little dog. She spent the whole day near the fountain, but as night got closer, she wondered what she should do when she noticed the little dog was pulling at her dress. She paid no attention to him at first, but as he continued to pull her dress and then run a few steps in one particular direction, she at last decided to follow him. He stopped before a rock with a large opening in the center, which he obviously wished her to enter. The princess did so and discovered a large and beautiful cave lit up by the brilliancy of the stones with which it was lined, with a little couch covered with soft moss in one corner. She lay down on it and the dog at once nestled at her feet. Tired out with all she had gone through, she soon fell asleep. The next morning, she was awakened very early by the songs of many birds. The little dog woke up too and sprang round her in his most caressing manner. She got up and went outside, the dog as before running on in front and turning back constantly to take her dress and draw her on. She let him have his way, and he soon led her back to the beautiful garden where she had spent part of the day before. Here, she ate some fruit, drank some water from the fountain, and felt as if she had made an excellent meal. She walked about amongst the flowers, played with her little dog, and at night returned to sleep in the cave. In this way, the princess passed several months, and as her first fears faded away, she gradually became more accepting of her fate. The little dog, too, was a great comfort and her constant companion. One day, she noticed that he seemed very sad and did not even rub up against her as usual. Fearing he might be ill, 
she carried him to a spot where she had seen him eat some particular herbs, hoping they might do him good, but he would not touch them. He spent all the night too, sighing and groaning as if in great pain. At last, the princess fell asleep, and when she woke, her first thought was for her little pet. But not finding him at her feet as usual, she ran out of the cave to look for him. As she stepped out of the cave, she caught sight of an old man who hurried away so fast that she had barely time to see him before he disappeared. This was quite a surprise and almost as great a shock as the loss of her little dog, who had been so faithful to her ever since the first day she had seen him. She wondered if he had strayed away or if the old man had taken him. Thinking all kinds of thoughts and fears, she wandered on, when suddenly she felt herself wrapped in a thick cloud and carried through the air. She made no resistance and before very long found herself, to her great surprise, in an avenue leading to the palace in which she had been born. No sign of the cloud anywhere. As the princess approached the palace, she noticed that everyone was dressed in black, and she was filled with fear as to the cause of this sadness. She hastened on and was soon recognized and welcomed with shouts of joy. Her sister, hearing the cheers, ran out and embraced the wanderer with tears of happiness, telling her that the shock of her disappearance had been so terrible that their mother had only survived it a few days. Since then, the younger princess had worn the crown, which she now gave to her sister, to whom it rightly belonged. But the older sister wished to refuse it and would only accept the crown on the condition that her sister would share in all the power. The first acts of the new queen were to do honor to the memory of her dear mother and to shower every bit of generous affection on her sister. Then, being still very sad about the loss of her little dog, she had a careful search made for him in every country. And when nothing had been heard of him, she was so saddened that she offered half her kingdom to whoever should bring him back to her. Many gentlemen of the court, tempted by the thought of such a reward, set off in all directions in search of the dog but all returned empty-handed to the queen, who in her sadness announced that since life was unbearable without her little dog, she would give her hand in marriage to the man who brought him back. The prospect of such a prize quickly turned the court into a desert, 
nearly every gentleman starting on the quest. While they were away, the queen was informed one day that a very ill-looking man wished to speak with her. She asked for him to be shown into a room where she was sitting with her sister. On entering her presence, he said that he was prepared to give the queen her little dog if she, on her side, was ready to keep her word. The princess was the first to speak. She said that the queen had no right to marry without the consent of the nation, and that on such an important occasion, the general council must be summoned. The queen could not argue against this statement, but ordered an apartment in the palace to be given to the man and demanded that the council meet on the following day. Next day, accordingly, the council gathered, and by the princess's advice, it was decided to offer the man a large sum of money for the dog, and should he refuse it, to banish him from the kingdom without seeing the queen again. The man refused the price offered and left the hall. The princess informed the queen of what had passed and the queen approved of it, but added that as she was her own person, she had made up her mind to give up her throne and to wander through the world till she had found her little dog. The princess was much alarmed by such a decision and begged the queen to change her mind. While they were discussing the subject, one of the chamberlains appeared to inform the queen that the bay was covered with ships. The two sisters ran to the balcony and saw a large fleet in full sail for the port. In a little time, they came to the conclusion that the ships must come from a friendly nation, as every vessel was decked with colorful flags and streamers, and the way was led by a small ship flying a great white flag of peace. The queen sent a special messenger to the harbor and was soon informed that the fleet belonged to the Prince of the Emerald Isles, who begged permission to land in her kingdom and to present his humble respects to her. The queen at once sent some of the court dignitaries to receive the prince and bid him welcome. She waited for him seated on her throne but rose when he came in and went a few steps to meet him, then asked him to be seated and for about an hour kept him in conversation. The prince was then taken to a splendid suite of apartments and the next day he asked for a private meeting. He was admitted to the queen's own sitting room where she was sitting alone with her sister. After the first greetings, the prince informed the queen that he had some very strange things to tell her 
which only she would know to be true. Madam, he said, I am a neighbor of the queen of all the isles, and a small, narrow piece of land connects part of my land with hers. One day, when hunting a stag, I had the misfortune to meet her, and not recognizing her, I did not stop to greet her with all proper ceremony. You, madam, know better than anyone how mean she is, and that she is also a woman of magic. I learned both. The ground opened under my feet, and I soon found myself in a far distant region, changed into a little dog, under which shape I had the honor to meet your majesty. After six months, the queen's anger not being yet satisfied, she changed me into an old man. And in this form, I was so afraid of being unpleasant in your eyes that I hid myself in the depths of the woods, where I spent three months more. At the end of that time, I was so fortunate as to meet a kind fairy who delivered me from the proud queen's power and told me all your adventures and where to find you. I now come to offer you a heart which has been entirely yours, madam, since first we met in the desert. A few days later, a herald was sent through the kingdom to announce the joyful news of the marriage of the Queen of the Flowery Isles with the young prince. They lived happily for many years and ruled their people well. And as for the bad queen, whose vanity and jealousy had caused so much trouble, the fairies took all her power away for a punishment. Good night, sleep tight. <laughs>